Welcome in, one. Welcome in, all. The final hour on the final weekday of the Bill Michael Show for this particular week on Cinco de Mayo. Good to have you on board. 877-867-1670. Find us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Ben Z. Kenny on Instagram. Simply the Bill Michael Show on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, find us over on YouTube. You can go to YouTube.com and slash Bill Michaels Show. And you can find us on Twitch TV the same way. You can find us uh, email, website, download the uh, Zone app, W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all kinds of different ways to track down the program. By the way, I'm finding out Hillsboro is east of Lafarge. Lafarge. So that's where Hillsboro is. It's pretty pretty east, too. It's, oh, that's uh, good to know. Yeah, it's east of Lafarge, which is Lafarge's east of Viroqua. You just take 56 to 82 and on over you go. And then you take 82 into White City. And uh, you just follow 82 through White City, go around Dilly all the way up into Hillsboro. So there you go. Just thought I'd throw it out there. And then tonight, Kickapoo down in, near Reedstown. That I know. Thank you very much. And uh, and Bart says we got to go to Soldier's Grove. A couple of good places to eat in bars in Soldier's Grove. So, Ben, we've got invitations of flowing, man. We can go pretty much anywhere and everywhere at this point. Doesn't mean we're getting it for free, but, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, and, and Kathy says, are you going to come up and get your picture taken in front of the giant cor- corn cob in Westby? Isn't that next to the bowling alley, Kathy? I believe it's next to the bowling alley up there. I've done a couple of appearances at the bowling alley in Westby. So I think it's right next to. And I I didn't even know they still had it. I can't imagine getting rid of the giant corn cob, but it's right there in Westby, which is just east of Coon Valley. And I can go from there. (laughs) So kind of a geography lesson for the state of Wisconsin in the western portion of it. 877-867-1670, uh, Find us. So Chuck says uh, Clifford took Rogers' locker. Did Jordan Love take Favre's? Cheers. No. No. They've got, like, the special team, the specialty guys, a couple of defensive players, and the quarterbacks in that little section, which is the smallest. It's hard to explain. Um, if you've never taken a tour inside Lambo, inside the locker room, if you've never, I don't know, if you've never seen a picture of, I, I, it's hard to explain. It's it's like in the shape of a football. It's a giant oblong locker room, and when you walk in the main door, directly off to your right, it's a very vast space. You can fit tables and chairs and all kinds of couches, everything else in there if you wanted to. Um. Right off to the right is where Roger's locker was. And then you go maybe five to seven, eight, ten lockers down, and then there's another little area, an opening, where it goes into a back locker room. That back locker room is what's considered like the overflow locker room for guys that are street-free agent coming out of college trying to make the team. They like practice squad guys. That's where they locker. They don't locker in the same expanse, in the same room as the 53-man. You know, they, they have their own little locker segment, segregated area off to the side. And then after that, you go down that row, and it's all defensive players, and then you've got an emergency exit area. And then around the next area is most of the offensive linemen, and then there's an entrance, as I'm circling around now, there's an entrance into the showers, into the, 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 the bathrooms. Then there's a big main expanse, and that's all wide receivers and offensive players and stuff. 
And then that expanse leads into the saunas and the trainer's facility and everything. Uh, and then after that, it's defensive players uh, back to the back to the top that kind of caps off by your left-hand side. So, And that's doing the circle all the way around the locker room. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but we're paying a lot of, ten- lot of attention to lockers and who took what. And, and to me, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know what else to do. Uh, by the way, uh, picking up on the topic we had yesterday, Ben, uh, Michael said, hey, one thing you did not mention, uh, going to and playing St. Andrews, the old course. That's on it. Oh, yeah. That that would be you. Absolutely, Michael. That would, I, And again, I was specifically referencing more events here in the States. Uh, years ago, uh, God bless Herb Kohler, um, years ago, I had been up there and got a chance to play golf. Uh, Herb didn't play with us, but he was with us. Um, Marty Brenneman, who's the broad, who was the broadcaster of the Reds, and then the third base coach was Ray Knight. And that was back before Ray Knight and Nancy Lopez got divorced. And Nancy Lopez, obviously one of the best women's golfers, uh, golfers of all time, uh, Ray and Nancy were married. And Nancy had come on that road trip with the Reds. And, God, this goes back to maybe 2001, 2002, maybe. I, this is a long time ago. And Pete Dye was still alive. Pete Dye was there, so it was myself, and Ray Knight, Nancy Lopez, Marty Brenneman, and then it was um, Herb Kohler who rode along with us, but Pete Dye was actually at the clubhouse. And it was right after um, Whistling opened. And I we got an invitation because Herb Kohler at the time was buying the Old Course Hotel. He couldn't buy the Old Course. He wanted to, but it was not for sale. They were not going to give that up and sell it to an American. So he bought the next best thing, which was the Old Course Hotel and the adjacent course. Uh, And I don't even know if Kohler still owns that or not. I couldn't tell you. But the Old Course Hotel, he had uh, uh, um, Herbert Assis. He, He... he wanted to. He wanted us to be his guest. He was going to fly us over on his jet, and take us. And this was a couple of years later. He was going to take us to the Old Course Hotel, and then play golf uh, uh, over in, at near St. Andrews. And but at the time, and this is, I completely kicked myself for this. Uh, Marty was traveling with the Reds. And I was doing my thing, and, and we wanted to go in August, but August was Packers football, and that, that's where my dedication was. And and it just every year it seemed like it, it came up, and then it went away, and it came up, and then it went away. And and then uh, Scott Silvestri, who's a tremendous asset, and he is now with the Badgers, out with the Badgers program. Scott was one of the, you know, kind of Herb's right-hand man, and Scott kept saying Herb wants to take he wants to do this. Anyway, long story short, never got a chance to do it. And to this day... I kick myself for not saying, okay, let's go. I, I To this day, I kick myself for not going. I wish I had. It would have been a wonderful experience. I would have completely destroyed golf in Scotland for forever. Uh, they would have kicked me out of the country to tell me never to come back. But I would have loved, loved to have done that. Um, so, Michael, uh, until I get enough gumption to be able to say I'm going to take the trip of a lifetime and maybe do that, uh, that is going to remain a regret, uh, one of the more, you know, personal regrets that I'm going to have the rest of my life. So, yeah, to play the uh, play the old course at St. Andrews, uh, absolutely would have loved that. Would have loved it. 
what's the best what's the best place you've ever played golf Ben I don't know uh I mean it the best is relative it depends if you're talking about the literal rankings that people may have but well let's just say the most prestigious course hmm uh I don't have enough money to be frank to be playing the most prestigious right because you talk That's about okay. some of them and they're they're yeah. loaded but the uh the, the club I play in Vermont is is okay. probably the best I've played okay you want it what's the name of the club it's called the Queechee Club I've never heard of that and I've heard a lot I heard of a lot of them I've never it's heard right of near them. Woodstock okay if you know where Woodstock is I do know where Woodstock is so I have to look it up never 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 heard of that though huh you, so you've never played any of the big courses then here in the state of Wisconsin. You never played Aaron Hills or Whistling well, or anything like I'm that. I'm playing Aaron Hills actually in a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward are you to really? that. Yep. Yeah, a couple of Sundays. By yourself? Are you playing by yourself? Or who are you playing with? No, with a friend. Okay. Yeah, a friend got the hookup, so I'm looking forward to that. When you get over there, you go see our buddy Jim Lombardo, and he is the uh, he he runs a golf shop and the golf pro over there, and you tell him you're the the producer of the program. Jim knows the show. Jim listens. He's a good guy, but uh, Aaron Hills now uh, bring your big stick because depending on what tips, uh, what tees you play, if you play the tips, that can go almost seventy five hundred yards. So, but it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful course. Very much, you'll be going to be happy with it, no doubt. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Sorry, we got a little bit off. Off, uh, off course there. Uh, Just Mail says the stadium course at PGA West or Aaron Hills. Uh, Brandon says I don't really care, but great show. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> this one's from uh, Jacob. Jacob says, uh, "Hey guys, love the program. Uh, the most famous course I ever had a chance to play." Was oh he played the TPC out in Phoenix out in Scottsdale, that's that's a beautiful course too. I don't I've care. never played there. I've never played there, but um, I, I have been there. Uh, and the only time I was there was actually for a media event for uh, Super Bowl years ago. But I've never played there. So kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Uh, what else do we have? Because we're, we're getting people telling us where they're playing golf now. <laughs> so. Ah, this is, see, this is uh, from Will. Will says, uh, hey, guys, a little bit of rain up here in La Crosse coming up tomorrow. Make sure you bring your umbrellas. Uh, What are your handicaps? Uh, My handicap is a driver. Ben, what's your handicap right now? What am I at number-wise? Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. I haven't played yet this year, so when I hit the the tee box tomorrow, it's going to be the first time I've swung a club. I'm playing to a 16 at the moment. Are you really? Okay. A 16. Trending up, though. It was bad. How many? It was really, times, really bad. How many times have you broken 90? In my life? Yeah. Many. Okay, um, good. I did last weekend, but I played, really? played out of my mind. Yeah. Good for you. What'd you shoot? 85, though I don't think oh. people care. Wow, no. But that's good. Any golfer out there knows that knows 85 doesn't matter what course you're on. It's not a bad way to go. Take that and run with it, man. I'm jinxing it's myself. You, I need to start deprecating usually, myself further. Yeah, it's usually only two or three holes that completely cost your game. It's usually two holes on the front, maybe a hole or two on the back, and 
that blows your whole day. Um, you know, when you talk when you talk about adding strokes, I mean, if you can minimize those those blow up holes, and and because some people want to make up ground, and you just play it safe, usually nine times out of ten, you end up breaking ninety if you if you're any kind of shot at all. And I, I'm just like everybody else, man. I'm like, oh, I can gain two strokes back. I can take this off. I can take that off. Next thing you know, you're in the water. You're dropping. You're in between two trees. Your 14th club is a chainsaw. You know, you're in some area and some woman's coming out of her house yelling at you to get off her property because you're playing out of her gazebo. I mean, it just turns out to be really bad. So, <laughs> so I get it. Uh, Terry says, golfed in the Bahamas on the Paradise Island Ocean Club. Ooh, now that's nice. I didn't play it, but I've heard about it. Very nice. Good stuff. Uh, Mark says, I want to go back to your question regarding Mark Antanasio and what he's done for this franchise. He has not done nearly enough from what he's promised and what he's actually given us have been two separate things. To keep saying money is not the issue, yet to, uh, yet to run the team as if you are cheap and running it on a shoestring budget is completely wrong. I used to like Mark Antanasio and buy into what he was saying. I just don't believe him anymore. Um, he says, that being said, he has not fallen too far short of his promise to keep the team competitive. I have enjoyed a lot of Brewers baseball over the years. Uh, what I'm going to be sad to see is the day that Bob Uecker is no longer there. Remember, he's 89 years old. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, that I agree with. The day that Bob Uecker is no longer in the booth will be a very sad day. 100%. 100%. Just, you know, anything else, take everything else out of it, just not to hear him. I mean, it's already um, different when he's not making the road trips, right? It's already just different listening to the games. And now you've got Jeff Levering. He's doing he's doing TV side and the radio. It's it's. I used to criticize Red Reds baseball because they had like 15 broadcasters. You never knew who you were going to get. You didn't like half of them. And, you know, there were times where it was just unlistenable and unwatchable. You know, you just turn the sound down, had something else on in the background, or you cut the grass or just grilled out and just looked at the score every now and then. Because the broadcast, that is your conduit, your voice to the team. And so it's got to be good. It's got to be personable. It's got to tell stories. It's got to paint a picture. It's got to be right. And, um, yeah, there, there was times in, in Cincinnati where it was just it was garbage. It was it was just bad. Marty and Joe on the radio you grew up with, just like with Euchre. Euchre and Jim, Euchre. Ken 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 Summerfield's been around forever. So you always knew when you had Euchre, you had Kent, you had stories, you had fun. And the day that Bob is no longer there is going to be a very sad day. And to put something together after the fact is going to be very tough to do, especially when everybody sounds like the everybody else. They sound the same. So it's there's no distinct personality to that right now. And I'm sorry if I'm criticizing, but I'm just giving you my honest opinion. 877-867-1670. Hit us up when we come back. Mike and Rockford, you'll be first out of the shoe. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Stay tuned. We're coming back, and we're coming back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome 
Welcome back. Our good friends over there at Quick Trip reminding you if you're going to stop in as the sun starts to come out, be a little more prevalent, grab some iGogs, use your Quick Rewards card, and you are automatically registered then to win not one but two personal Sea-Doo watercrafts. And uh, not a bad way to go. They're giving those things away at the end of the month. So if you're looking for a fun and adventurous summertime, uh, it could be because of Quick Trip. If you don't have a Quick reward, re- Rewards card, get one. Get your number all signed up. You can just go online and do it, too. You can download the app on your phone, whatever it happens to be. But get signed up and start uh, earning some of those rewards now, and you could be the winner of not one but two personal watercraft, courtesy of iGogs and our friends at Quick Trip. Good stuff going on over there at Quick Trip. Could be hitting Quick Trip in just a little bit, as a matter of fact, as we get ready to gas up and head over to Viroqua. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, Fred wants to know, Ben, if there is going to be video of you playing over there at Aaron Hills. He wants video of it. Uh, it depends on the day completely. What's a couple of shots of your game? Yeah, it depends how I'm playing. Okay, just check. I would only ever make myself look good. Um, <laughs> I just saw the text that you sent me. <laughs> it's like something off a of family guy. Well, I was Should gonna- we do this? Should we do this in what we missed? That's what I was going to save it for, but but in case you had expanded thoughts on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, okay. I thought you might want a little more runway with the story. If yeah, you know. here's, the, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. So we all know that coming up, if you haven't seen it already, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you're about to get, uh, Charles, uh, over there in England, uh, his coronation is upcoming. Now, the Brits don't think a lot of him, in case you didn't know. And <laughs> did you see the soccer game where they were chanting? No. Who gives a, they were singing it. Who gives a blank about the coronation, the coronation, the coron you know, who gives a blank about I mean they were they were singing it, like eighty thousand people singing this. And there's not a lot of people that are fans of uh, of the king to be. After uh, it was Prince Charles and Diana and after you know what happened to Diana and then off with Camilla and such and, and anyway, we, we know the whole history. So <laughs> this is something that would happen in Family Guy, and they've got the visual of it. I'm actually going to retweet this because this is hilarious to me. Um, off of the Delhi record, a giant, as they call it, phallic symbol, i got to say it in the, the British tone, has been mown onto the lawn of the Royal Crescent ahead of the King's coronation. Um, there is a giant green hunk of junk, let's call it that way. Somebody mowed how did you not hear them mowing this This is what i want to know how did you not hear the mower going up on a hill in front of this mass area down by the uh, the royal crescent which is a they call it a crescent because it's a it's a half circled building beautiful old stoic building in the giant lawn right in front of the place somebody mowed a giant penis with its appendages hooked to it <laughs> And it's just, and it's pointing at the Royal Crescent building. That's the best. So if you haven't seen it already, uh, you got to follow that. 
Oh, my goodness. That is, um, yeah, that is that is hilarious. I don't care who you are. That's funny. The giant FedEx symbol has been mowed into the lawn of the Royal Crescent. You know, you just picture some guy waking up in the morning, you know. Oh, I got to get me some tea. Oh, there's a giant penis pointing at me. Oh, no. You know. <laughs> what the hell? Or somebody flew a drone over it. Oh, my God, that's great. Oh, the creativity of the Brits. Take it to the lowest common denominator, and I'm going to laugh like crazy at it. Love it. That's funny. 877-867-1670. Um, Yeah, right. Uh, Underdog says, doesn't, doesn't the king to be just look like a jag? He does. I'm sorry, he just does. At this point in time, Princess Diana would probably still be really beautiful and hot, and she'd be next to that old dude, and we'd all be going to her. We'd all be saying out loud, you know, what does she see in this guy? What what the hell, you know? And obviously he wanted the arm trophy and ran off with it, and then the rest is history. So, oh, well. <laughs> what just You just don't see it every day. Ben doesn't send me stuff all the time where it just says giant penis mowed into the grass, you know? Um, Jason says maybe they were using an electric mower rather than gas. Good point. You wouldn't hear it. You wouldn't hear the loud, you know, one-stroke, two-stroke engine over uh, just an electric oh, mower. Relax. There we go. <laughs> they use the electric mower in the middle of the night. Shh. Just hit the stop button. It's good. Okay. And we're doing something good for the environment. We're not using a gas mower to carve a giant penis into the lawn. Aren't 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 we going green? <laughs> oh my god. That is just that's the best. That's awesome. 877-867-1670. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Oh, good guy. Um Let's uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Let's 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 go to Mike listening to us in Rockford. Mike, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Well, that's pretty funny stuff, Bill. But you know, one thing you might have left out: it, it could have been a UFO and did it like how they do crop circles, but they did it in the lawn. There you go. Then again, Mike, <laughs> it could have been a weed whacker. There you a go. Weed <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh man, uh, listen, Bill. I gotta tell you. Switching gears of the Packers here real quick. Um, okay. You know, this is a this is going to be uncharted territory for all of us Packer fans because we've had we've been spoiled by two great quarterbacks. I called about this a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to ask you something on your opinion. Okay, so we, we know that Jordan Love's been on the roster. Well, this is going into his what, fourth year now mm-hmm. behind Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now, he hasn't played. He's hardly played. He's played a little bit. Um we our expectations are going to be high because we've been spoiled. I, maybe we're not spoiled. We just had this. We just were gifted the the, the greatness of two quarterbacks. Um, so his 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 ladder. His, our expectations are going to be high for us to be happy. Um, so where how much patience should we have with Jordan Love, and how long do you think Gutekinds is going to give him? Do you think he's going to give him? Let's say let's just hypothetically say he plays a season. And he does subpar. He, he has a below average season, doesn't do real well. Uh, are they going to give him a next year? Or are they going to look to draft a quarterback in the first round? I mean, how much time do you think he has? I'll hang up and listen. And, Bill, thanks for taking my call. 
I appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to us down in Rockford as well. Um, that's a great question. I, I guess, and I, I, I hate to be somewhat unsolidified on my answer, but I think you can't just look at the statistics, as, of, as I've been saying, because it's how did he get from point A to point B. If he say, say he ends up with 15 interceptions or 20 interceptions, and 12 of those are you know, balls that just bounced off the hands of the receivers, and they were just misses. They were just bad, bad catches. You can't fault Jordan Love for that. The eyeball test would tell you that he's still a pretty good quarterback, while the statistics may say different. I think what I'm looking for, and I've stated this time and again, is does he see the field? Does he make decisions quickly? Does he put the ball in the in the best position for his guys to go get it? And does he um, make the correct read? Sometimes on the field you don't always see it. Sometimes we see it up above where you'll see a guy that's going to have a you know, a, a, a pattern that he's going to run and, and based on the route tree, based on how the defense is being played, and maybe Love doesn't see it or vice versa. But um, I'm not going to base it. If they end up with only three wins and the offense is terrible, then you got to look at Jordan Love who's maybe not necessarily even a quarterback but more so a leader, and you can say, okay, things have, this just was a bad experiment. Um How do I want to put this? If the Packers don't make the postseason and they're drafting top five, seven, then, yeah, if there's a quarterback that's available that you think, if you still have a question mark about Jordan Love, it would not it would not be in the worst interest of your football team to take what could be another franchise player. If he's there, don't reach. If uh, because I think you've got at least this coming year to see the progress that Jordan Love's made, they're, they're going to give him every opportunity in the world to fail. You know the reason why? Because this is the legacy pick. This is Brian Gutekunst's legacy pick. Out of all the picks, and he's had some really good ones. Okay, Brian Gutekunst can can lay his head on his pillow at night and say, you know what? I picked this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and these guys have been serviceable. Last year was probably one of my better drafts. I'm starting to kind of really feel it. I'm doing things the right way. We've cut some money off the books. I'm, I'm kind of reloading the organization. Okay, we're not in a bad place. I, I, he's done some really good things. Doesn't matter. All people are going to remember him for is he is the guy that made the worst time pick in history. If Jordan Love doesn't pan out, if Jordan Love becomes a Hall of Famer, he is going to be the second coming. If Jordan Love is good and they they win a Super Bowl, but if he's bad, that's your legacy, man. You are the guy that set in motion the anger for another Hall of Fame quarterback to want out of Green Bay, and that's not something you want on your resume. So he's going to give Jordan Love every opportunity to succeed or fail. The failure side, they'll give him a longer leash, obviously, because of the position. What they did, they jumped, they they traded up to get him in the first round. But what would I consider to be a failure? Twelve to fifteen touchdowns, approaching twenty or more picks, just missing open receivers, putting the ball in bad situations. Um. 
you know, just not making a read quick enough where the guy is open for that split second in the hole in the window in which you should have thrown it, and yet you throw it late. Or, you know, I mean, you you make 20 good reads and five bad ones, and the five bad ones are the ones that continually cost you the game. Then it goes back to when Gutekind said, we've seen him play quarterback. We think he can be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he hasn't won anything. We haven't seen him be a winner if he doesn't appear to have the ability to be a winner. As well, that would be another area in which I would say, okay, I would have to question. And hopefully that explains it, but that's about the best answer I can give you. I, I just, to me, it's going to be the eyeball test. And it's not through the first five games, mind you. It's It's got to be an entire season and a body of work. We can get upset in game one, game two, game three, game four, game five. We can get upset. We can criticize. We can critique. We can, we can you know, look at it honestly. But the, the entire body of work throughout the season, are the same mistakes happening? You know, are the same reads that are misreads happening? Uh, did he get better? Has he progressed? Has he gotten more confident? You know, I mean, it's all the things you want to see out of a young quarterback, all those things. 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to chime in like Mike did, go ahead and give it to us. Also, when we come back, Mike Clemens sat down with the Packers' first-round draft choice. Going to hear some of that coming up. All kinds of good stuff. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more. Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hopefully, um, you uh, you are enjoying the day. Um, by the way, uh, we'll, we'll do the uh, the Lucas Van Ness stuff coming up on Monday. We'll uh, put more together with Mike. Mike's going to be uh, this weekend at the uh, the Packers rookie mini camp, and uh, we'll get into that discussion and kind of follow up with all of that come Monday. Uh, otherwise, we're kind of trying to slam everything in here in the next like seven or eight minutes, and it's just not uh, going to do it all justice. By the way. Uh, Woj over there on ESPN uh, talks about some of the possibilities, the new candidates, if you will, and uh, the head coaching targets for the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's what he had to say. Not just coaches that are available who Hmm. don't have jobs now, former head coaches, uh, assistant coaches in the league. But I think also, I think if you're in Milwaukee, you have an opportunity to take your time and see if there are coaches under contract elsewhere in the NBA as as these playoffs go on. Uh, can somebody become jarred loose? Is there a conversation to be had with teams or with individuals about coaches who might still be under contract? Milwaukee can take its time. They're going to take their time on this search. They have Giannis Attentacumpo. There's nobody in the league who wouldn't love to coach him. And so I think this is not going to be a quick process for the Bucks. Uh, I agree with him uh, just because you've got to get it right. And here's the reason why, as we talked about this a little bit earlier with Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel, who's got a really good piece out today on all of this, and that is you got to get it right because you got a two-year window where you really, you really have to kind of look at where the team is, where the league's going, 
the money you're going to have, the age of the players that are coming up, and when you're going to begin the reload process. So they're going to take their time and make sure you – because you got to get it right. you got to get it right. Uh, 100% agree. B-Rad says politics, blame game. It's never the player's fault 99% of the time. We'll haunt this team now. Who's going to want to come to Milwaukee? Hey, I know. Grab some junior college coach. Whole team played out of position in the last series anyway. Shut down Butler? No. Now had they won and then lose in the second series, would he still have his job? Case in point, why LaFleur still has his job. It's uh, BS propaganda to uh, to keep the fans in their seats. They got lucky when they did to win the championship the first time, and people refuse to realize luck is more than you realize. Case in point again, number one seeds as of late have been failing in every sport. Um, well, first of all, your statement of blame the blame the coach, not the players, because all the players are making a lot of money. Well, I, I guess you know, in in B Red, I understand where you're coming from, but what are you going to do? What, what, what are you going to fire everybody? You're not going to pay them? Can't do that. I mean, what are you going to do? You're paying a coach to try to put the cohesiveness of a team together to put them in the best position to win, and there were some mistakes down down the stretch in the postseason. When you're winning in the in the regular season, specifically winning over some teams that are lackluster or not as talented as you, you know, coaches don't get credit for that. They're winning and doing what they're supposed to do, you know? Um, when it comes to the rest of your statement about, you know, the comparison between LaFleur and, and Budenholzer, I don't think you can really get into again because, you know, one guy in Giannis can make the difference. Put it this way. If you don't have Giannis, do you have a team? Do you have a team that's going to be going to the postseason on the regular or pick to win the championship on the regular? I doubt it. You have a legitimate back, you know, MVP that's going to win an MVP again, most likely at some point, barring mass injury, and he can throw the team on his back for the most part. He does need a little bit of help because he's not that outside gunner that can just keep coming down the floor and lighting you up, as we've seen guys do, like a Kevin Durant, like a even LeBron to a certain extent, like a Steph Curry, like a Jimmy Butler. You know, now Jimmy Butler doesn't have enough help around him to win a championship, but he's still does a lot with that team and can throw it on his back. So um, they didn't get lucky. You never get lucky in a championship alone. You got to be good. You got to get hot. You got to be lucky and you got to be healthy. All those things have to come into play. You got to be good first. Otherwise, you're not even getting close to that. You can get lucky in the championship, and everybody talks about Kevin Durant and having his toe on the line and all of that, and I understand all of that. But there's a lot of things in a lot of series that can go one way or the other, an out-of-bounds call or something off of the tip of a finger, and, you know, a team doesn't get the ball back, and, you know, thus the, the lead gets extended to two or three possessions rather than one. So, we, you know, history's loaded with that scenario. But... I'm, I, I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm of the belief that everybody knows what's on the line. Players know what's on the line. 
And when you see one team just get out energied, you either have an aging issue where they just can't keep up, a complacency issue, or you have a coaching issue in which you're not putting them in the best position to where they believe it to be successful. you got to start somewhere, and you're not going to fire the players. That's the problem. You know? So I understand it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. It is what it is. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to wrap it up. A tremendous week with what we missed next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show another one left in us before we get out of here today head off to Viroqua the mighty town that is Viroqua heading off to the western portion of the state of Wisconsin and uh, gonna be doing some dinner there and then uh, the Bill Michaels open tomorrow over at Viroqua Hills Golf Course and uh, really looking forward to it so it uh, should be a lot of fun don't forget uh, Kickapoo Creekside tonight and then uh, from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning over at the Agri Center. And then uh, 1 o'clock, we're going to be uh, teeing it off in the shotgun start in Viroqua Hills. So really, really looking forward to all of it. Uh, it is time now for What Did We Miss? All right, Bill, it's, it's actually time for, for a story. Story time with Ben Kenny as I show my, my age and my maturity and all the knowledge okay. I've, I've accured over the years. Earlier today, we were speaking about the Brewers bullpen and specifically Hobie Milner. And I, I think this tale needs to be told to truly put in context uh, what the Brewers have in the single lefty they have in their pen. So the date is March 30th, 2018. It is Gabe Kapler's first day on the job, first game managing the Philadelphia Phillies. It's opening day. Phillies right. are out in Atlanta. Aaron Nola's on the mound. And he is through five and a third shutout innings. Phillies lead five, nothing, 68 pitches, 68 pitches, five and a third. And out comes Gabe Kapler. Uh, I think there's a man on first at the time. Freddie Freeman's at the plate uh, when he was on the Braves. He comes out. He yanks Nola. In comes Hobie Milner. There we I, go. I think the second pitch he threw, Freddie Freeman goes deep, 5-2. The Braves went on to win 8-5 to five in that game as the Phillies set the record for, I think, the worst bullpen of all time. Uh, and Gabe Kapler got a lot of pushback for it, but the worst thing that, that he said, the worst thing to come out of it, was on Monday, right. he did spots with the big morning guy in Philadelphia. And when pressed about taking Aaron Nola out of the game with 68 pitches, Kapler responded, Hobie Milner's nasty, bro. <laughs> His first day on the job. And I, I swear that he did not have any supporters after that day. Hobie Milner is nasty. That's he's, the reason the Brewers have him. He said he's nasty, bro. He's nasty, bro. And that did not nasty. sit well. Nasty. FaceTime me, bro. Yep. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. All right. All right. Well, we'll put that in the back of the, uh, the mind file and uh, see if we uh, end up getting any nastiness out of Hobie Milner before his time in Wisconsin comes to an end. 
Well, obviously, I pulled up his stats since 2018, and you <laughs> okay. would uh, not be surprised to learn that oh, in 2018, he finished the year with a 7.71 ERA in Philadelphia. <laughs> he went on to pitch in Tampa Bay, where he had a 7.36 ERA. Then on to the Angels. It always works in with the Angels. 8.10 sure. with the Angels. Yeah. That wasn't, under the, uh, that wasn't under Joe Madden, was it? Was I think it Joe was. Yeah, yeah, 2020. Was, yeah. Uh, and then okay. he's been in Milwaukee for three years. He had a 5-4. Pretty solid year last year. 3-7 as a longer reliever. And then he's a 4-5 this year. Uh, but Hobie Milner is not nasty, bro. He's not nasty, for bro. The no. So, think okay. about that when, when Hobie Milner gets a call to the pen to replace Corbin Burns in the sixth inning. Uh, I'll be mulling it over. The Alabama baseball coach scandal. Interesting yes. twist. So he was, he, he ended up resigning or being fired and he's under investigation because he was in communication with a guy placing bets at great american ballpark ironically so they did find that out okay yes ironically yesterday it was on pete rose way however (laughs) whatever piece of irony you want to throw onto that but they said video surveillance caught him on the phone like was he facetiming him yeah that's how they caught him. Video surveillance. Seeing the coach on the phone with a friend. Okay. So he was on the phone with a friend who was at Great American Ballpark at a Reds game placing bets in the kiosk, I would assume, during the Alabama-LSU game. But was he in the dugout? Was the game underway? Or was this, you know? No, it was I before the Alabama game. Okay. It was bets on it the game. before the game. Okay. Gotcha, From what gotcha, I understand. Gotcha. Okay, so what? Well, well, first of all, his career is over. Um, so yeah, boy, wow, what a tangled web, right? Man, I just want to know if he was on Facetime because that would be hilarious if they yeah. look at the video surveillance and there's the dudes, right? Uh, and there he is, mug. Facetime me, bro. I got some info for you. So, okay, I had to throw this in there. Uh, speaking of failures and jobs being over. Guess who is eyeing a return to Team Australia this summer? To Team Australia. Someone who's baseball? suddenly healthy enough to play basketball again. To play basketball again. It's Ben Simmons. Uh, is it really? Headline on ESPN. To, to Australia? Uh, there's, there's some event. Uh, the FIBA World Cup. Ben Simmons hopes to play for the Australian national team in this summer's FIBA World Cup. Sources tell ESPN. I, I got to be honest. I did not realize he was from Australia. That's okay. But I'm still, I, I, what's more shocking, the fact that I didn't know he was from Australia or the fact that he's suddenly healthy enough to play or at least feels he is. When he shut it down again for another an entire season, is he still getting paid to do nothing, basically? Whoa. Woof. At what point do teams just look at Ben Simmons and say, you know, you're a loser, man. You are nothing more than a a reclamation money pit that is never going to be fixed up and mean anything on the open market. God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, We are out of here. We are on our way to Viroqua. Going to be heading up uh, to Viroqua to uh, Viroqua Hills Golf Course tomorrow. Tonight, see you at Kickapoo Creekside if you're on that area. Tomorrow, 10, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., we're going to be over at uh, the uh, the Agri Center. 
and then the golf outing tomorrow and then back and we'll all come back and rejoin each other come monday morning so until then it's time for us to go you have a great one enjoy the weekend the weather's it's a little bit of rain but for the most part it's gonna be warmer it's gonna be nice we need it right time for us to go have a going soup